assignment. And, and this has been stirring in my heart for, you know, a couple months at least. Uh, now, and, and that is, 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 as far as my heart's concerned and what I see and what God's been dealing with me about, it has been about us fulfilling our assignment in Christ, us fulfilling what God's called us to do in this hour, this time, and this season. You and I have an, an assignment. We have a calling. We have an assignment to fulfill. And, you know, I think about this, and it's in Matthew um, chapter 25, and it's the, the parable of the talents. But just think about this for a moment. Just imagine that uh, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, just like that, you're standing before the Lord right now. Not another day in your life to live. But just like that, you're standing before the Lord. And all of a sudden, in the moment of time, your life, it's like you could see the video play of your life. It's like we did Christmas at the movies. You know, Pastor Rob's life at the movies. And in the moment of time, Everything that you've done, everything that you've said, every decision that you've made. And it's you and the Lord, and you're standing there, and that's being played out in just a moment of time. And I realize, you know, man, I think back at my own life, I I don't think I want to see that movie, right? I want to see the highlight reels. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, when they do the sports highlights and it's like all their greatest accomplishments, I want the highlight reel. I don't want any of the other stuff. And the good news is, is that Jesus paid a price. So we're not, we're not having to, to, to rehash the mistakes that we've made. But in Matthew 25, Jesus makes it very plain And very simple, and he said, the kingdom of heaven will be. And he goes on and tells the parable of the talents, and that's not what I'm preaching on in itself, but I I want you to understand this, that at the end of that, when the account was called, when it was time to bring that account, when it was time to to say and, and stand before the Lord, there was a couple of things that could have been said. And in your life and my life, it's going to be well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done, thou good, listen, and faithful servant. Or it's going to be you wicked and unprofitable servant. And you say, yeah, but but Jesus loves me. He does. Unconditionally, there's nothing else that you can do in life to make him love you anymore. This is not about getting more of his love. I want you to understand that on top of you and I being the righteousness of God in Christ, we have an assignment. We We have a job to do. And it's not to get him to love you. 
See, some people take on this assignment that they feel like their pursuit in life is if I can just be good enough and do good enough, and then Jesus will love me more and everything will be okay. He already loves you completely, fully. And it's not necessarily that I'm worried about being punished. Jesus took on the punishment, was upon him, right? But every day we spend our life and expend our time and energy and effort for the reward of financial gain, right? And that financial gain provides our livelihood and the pleasures of life. Isn't that right? And we choose how we divide that up and what we do with it. Pastor Rex was just talking about the offering and talking about, you know, tithing and giving. But, but we spend our life expending energy so that we can have and we can do and we can live. I, I don't want to expend the energy of my life for this world only. I want to make sure that I'm fulfilling the assignment that God has for me because God has promised reward and blessing that comes with the completion and the fulfillment of that assignment. Do you see what I'm saying? There is blessing in that. The Bible says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So in my diligence of pursuit, there is reward and blessing in that. And it's not just in this world, but it's also in the world to come. Amen. And my assignment in life, and I want to just tell you this, you actually have multiple assignments. And I'm going to show you throughout this series that you and I have multiple assignments in life. And we're called by God to do something and participate and be involved in the work of the kingdom. You are called by God to be a part. He values you and loves you and he's created a place for you to be a part of his kingdom. And your life matters and your life counts. And so as I've just been seeking the Lord about this year and, and, and really praying because I, I, I try to go into every year with something from the Lord. I don't want to just have another year go by, right? I don't want to just have another year pass and it's like, well, now it's 2023. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best for each year to count and each year to matter in my life. And I realize sometimes we may say, well, Pastor Rob, you know, I just soon forget 2021. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I want you to understand that even in the most challenging times and seasons, God's still working and God's still producing in our life. Amen. And so what the Lord has spoke to me about this year is that it would be a year of transformation. And, and that's what I'm going to take the next 20, 25 minutes and share with you about, but that it would be a year of transformation, a year of transformation for me personally, and then a year of transformation for the church, because the church has to change. The church has to change. And, 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 and I will give some more understanding of that so you understand. I'm not talking about taking away things that we're supposed to be doing 
but the church is going through a transformation process so that we can be the end time church that we're called to be fulfilling what God has assigned for us as a church to fulfill so that we can populate heaven. You see, there's, there's things that are at stake and those things that are at stake are, are not your jobs and they're not my, you know, my, my livelihood. It's, it's not things like that. The things that are at stake are the lives of people. And God's assigned us to be a part of the process of, of, of ministering the gospel and seeing lives change and see them come into the kingdom of God. And the thing is, is that transformation doesn't happen automatically. It's going to require a pursuit on my part. And I've already begun. And so I am, I am in a place and a process in my life of saying, God, I want to continue to be transformed. I, I, I don't want to stay the same. And yes, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, but that is still being worked out in and through my life. It's going to be that way until Jesus comes back. Why? Because I'll never achieve perfection, but I can continue to be transformed in my life. And this is what I want you to, to understand, is that if I'm going to have a transformation in my life, if you are going to walk in transformation in your life, it's going to require a change in your relationship with God. It's going to require growth. It's going to require that this year your relationship with God continues to grow. You can't go into this year based on last year. You're going to have to make some adjustments so that your relationship with God grows stronger and it grows deeper. And in order for me to be transformed and that to grow, listen to this, I must see something I have not seen yet. I must know something that I have not known. And I must do something that I have not done. And that is the process of transformation. I have to see something that I have not seen. And I have to know something that I have not known. That is called revelation. It's called revelation. It's called God taking something that's been hidden and causing it to be revealed and come alive in my life to the degree that it changes what I do so that I am transformed and changed into who he's called me to be, fulfilling what he's called me to do. And I'm going to show you that from the word. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is, this is the scripture that I've been meditating. And I want to encourage you for the next 21 days that you meditate this scripture. Matter of fact, I encourage you to meditate 1 and 2 in Romans 12. But for the sake of time, we're going to do verse 2. <coughs> it says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now let me read to you out of the Passion Translation. 
Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, a satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Listen, a fast is not about changing the way you look. A fast is about changing the way you see. And until you see things differently in your life, you will never act differently. You see, the way that I see money dictates how I use money. And if I can't change the way I see money, then I'll never handle money differently. If I don't change the way I see prayer, then prayer will never be a priority in my life. If I don't change the way that I see the word of God and the importance of the word in my life, then it'll never become a value and a priority in my life. You see, my life is a product of how I see, which is a product of what I hear and what I think. And it's very evident in the body of Christ, it's very evident in anybody's life whenever you say, yes, here's what the Word of God says, and we say, I know what the Word of God says, but I think differently. I've not allowed that word to change the way that I think, therefore change the way that I see, therefore change what I believe, and therefore lead to actions of change. And in my life, if I'm going to see transformation, it starts with what I think and what I see. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about just seeing from a standpoint of, I see, you know, that the sky is blue. I'm talking about what you perceive, how you see, how you frame things in your life. That's why you can take 10 different people with 10 different experiences of life and give them the same thought and they can see it in 10 different ways. And what we have is we have people in life, including my life, that were bent on seeing things the way we want to see them instead of surrendering our lives to be able to see them the way that God sees them. And so if I want change in my life, then I've got to see things differently. And you say, well, what does that have to do with my assignment? It has everything to do with your assignment. Because my assignment and my commitment to my assignment, my obedience to my assignment, the fulfillment of my assignment is always going to be affected by how I see things. If I don't see the importance of fulfilling my assignment in the eyes of God, then I won't ever make it a priority. If I don't see the benefit of my assignment, we have a world full of people today that are going off the deep end. We've got young people that are, 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 are drowning uh, in their lives because they have no purpose and no destiny and nothing in their life is making sense and it's because they can't see. 
They can't see their own value. They can't see what God sees in them. They can't see the destiny that they have in Christ. They can't see the plan and purpose of God. And so you end up living a life. The, 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 the Bible says that when we don't see what God's doing in our life, uh, it's in Proverbs, talks about when we don't understand, we don't see, we don't perceive what God's doing. The Bible says we trip all over ourselves. And I want you to understand that you and I have the capacity to be able to see clearly. So I have to change the way I see. Now, I've got... Um, a few things, so just listen to this. And you're gonna hear, I'm just giving you kind of an introduction into the series, and you're gonna hear more of this. But number one, I have to change the way that I see God. I have to change the way that I see God. That has to continue to grow. In other words, I'm not asking you not to see Jesus as your savior anymore. I'm not saying change in the sense of getting rid of something, but you need to make sure that you see God clearly for who he is. Because if you don't, then everything else in your life is gonna be affected by that. If I only see God as a sovereign God who's just picking and choosing who he wants to heal and help and work and protect, and I only see God as, 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 as this person that is just kind of up there playing pawns with people's lives, then I've totally missed who God really is. So I've got to make sure that who I see, the way that I see God, that it's clear and it's according to his word. I have to change the way that I see myself. And I won't ever change the way I see myself until I change how I see God. Because I have to understand how God sees me. And man, when you get a hold of how God sees you, it changes everything. Changes everything. I have to change the way that I see others. See, some of us right now, many people, we've divided people into camps. <laughs> Political parties, health parties, if you know what I mean. And we've vilified people because they don't think the way that I think or see the way that I see. The problem is, is I'm assuming that I'm actually seeing clearly. When the Bible has told us clearly to endeavor to keep and maintain the unity of the spirit, we've thrown that out the window. And we've used religion and we've used spiritual things, quote, to vilify people even more. And say, well, if you loved God, then you would have voted for so-and-so. You, you see what I'm saying? So I want you to understand, we have to change the way we see God, the way we see ourselves, the way we see others. I have to change the way I see my calling and my assignment. If you and I could see the fullness of what God desires for you and I and the reward and the blessing of that and the lives that that changes, 
I believe that more of us would be 100% involved in what God's called us to do. If I could just see more clearly how my assignment affects the world in which I live, and not only that, but the fulfillment that it brings in my life, then I would be more inclined to walk in the commitment and the sacrifice that it's going to take for me to fulfill that assignment. But many times we don't connect the dots. We're not connecting the dots. We're not seeing everything. And so we stop being faithful. We stop being committed. Right? We stop prioritizing. We begin to make excuses. And I just want you to understand and see, I have to change the way I see that. And only God can help me do that. I've got to change the way that I see the world. I've got to change the way that I see the church. There's still too many people in the body of Christ that think that I'm just supposed to go to church. And if all you see the church is is a building that you go to on Sunday and and, and a, a membership that you have somewhere, then you're not seeing the church properly. Because you are the church. But you're not the church alone. You're only the church if you're gathered. Because that's what the church is. It's a gathering of people that have been called out of somewhere and called together and gathered together. So no, you're not the church when you're just sitting at home. And I don't mean that, you know, Pastor Julie's home today. Well, that doesn't mean she's not a part of the church. My point is, is that if you never connect and you never have relationship and you aren't a part, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the one-off times. Amen. I'm talking about the lifestyle of not being connected. You see what I'm saying? So when I think about being transformed, everything begins with a seed. Everything begins with a thought. That's the, that's the battlefield of my life is right here. It's, it's my thoughts. It's how I think. It's how I perceive things. And everything in my life begins with how I think about it. That's why the Bible says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of how I think. I have to change the way I think. If I don't change the way I think, then I'll never see things differently. And that's why the Bible is real clear to not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed, how? By the renewing of my mind. And what the church has done over the years as the church is, is we've embraced change, but we've ignored transformation. We get new music to change in music. We might get new chairs, new carpet, new things, new stuff, a new series, new things change. And that some of us just say, well, I'm going to change churches 
and think that that's going to change things. And it does. It changes the scenery, but it doesn't transform who you are. I I mean, and and, and I don't mean that against the, the grain as far as, listen, people change churches all the time, and I believe there's times when it is God, right? But my point is, is that my life can't be just about a different scenery. It's not just about a different job. It's not just about a different spouse. It's not just about some kind of change. I have to actually be transformed if I want my life to begin to change. And it's an internal change on the inside that God's interested in because God changes us from the inside out. And it's not an, an, it's not an external change in our life. And, and you say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says do not be conformed to this world. Well, what does that mean? It means it's kind of like Plato. I have my three-year-old uh, grandchild and and and. Uh, we, we got her this Play-Doh set. And so she loves to sit down and we pull out all the Play-Doh, right? And what do you do with it? Well, you take that Play-Doh and you, you form it into something. And the way you do that is you put pressure on it. It doesn't change what the Play-Doh is. All it does is it forms it into different shapes. And many of us have spent our life being formed into different shapes, thinking that that is actual change, when God says, no, I'm trying to change you from the inside out, that actually changes your entire and complete nature. That's transformation. It is so that I look like something totally and completely different than what I used to look like. I'm no longer an angry person that now I just have a little more control over my anger. I'm actually not that angry person anymore. You see, I'm not that lost person that, that was bound by different things in this world and now I'm just coping with it. No, I'm actually different and changed to where I'm no longer that drug addict or that alcoholic or, or that abusive person or that fearful person. That's not who I am anymore because I've been changed internally, not just conformed externally. And so many times in our life, we're living our life and we're just looking for a different change. So I put on some different clothes. I lose some weight, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, is, is so many times I change my makeup. I mean, I don't, but I change my hairstyle. But you can see my hair has grown a little bit since I've been stuck at home. And say, well, maybe if I just do this a little different, then things will be different. And they, they may be for a little bit until the hairstyle gets old again. See, if you've lived as long as I have, then you've been through different hairstyles. But do you understand what I'm saying? And what God's wanting to do, God doesn't care that you change your hair. Don't get, that, get me wrong with that. What God wants to do is he's trying to change you permanently. He's trying to change you permanently. See, I once was lost, but now I'm found. 
permanently. I'm, I'm not going back lost. I'm permanently changed. And that's what God wants to do through that transformation process. And today you're watching in real time. I'm watching pastors step away from pastoring and then talk about how, it, you know, they don't serve God anymore. Well, that's a person that's not been transformed. Watching people leave the church over things. But, the, but, but, but that's because they haven't been transformed. And this world, the God of this world, the devil is a master in our life at trying to get you and I to conform to external things. I mean, how many of you, how many of you be honest and say that, that the whole COVID thing has changed the way that you live? I'm not saying you don't, I mean, like I said, I I came in, I didn't see anybody, sat in my office, came through the back door. You know, I'm not talking about not using wisdom, but I'm not going to sit at home for the next year. You you know, I'm not going to, I refuse to allow it to change who I am. It may change some of my patterns. It may change some of the things and how I go about doing some things, but it's not going to change who I am. Do you see what I'm saying? But what about politics? Has that changed you? What about the uncertainty just of the things going on in the world? Has that changed you? It's so important in our life that we recognize what's happening either to us or happening in us, right? It's important that we recognize that and see that in our life, that we have to take an assessment of that and we've got to look and see what is actually taking place in my life. One of the people that I want to look at, and we're not going to look at his whole life today, but, but is, the, uh, is a man named Saul. It's a man named Saul. Many of you should know who he is, not King Saul, but Saul, who later became Paul. But in Acts chapter 9, the Bible talks about his life. And in Acts chapter 8, you get to see leading up that, that Saul was, was a man that was, was bent, that, that, that he was... He was um, uh, in his life, he was, he was enveloped with the, the, a passion, right, to pursue Christians, to pursue believers, to pursue those that believed in the way. And, and the Bible says that he would go and he would drag them out of their homes and put them in jail because they, they were deviating from the, the customs of the day. The customs of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were believing in this new way. So they were taking them and they were dragging them out of their homes, putting them in jail. And even to the point to where the Bible says that, that, that he witnessed the murder of Stephen. One of the apostles, I mean, uh, uh, one, one of those, one of the disciples. But something happened to him 
In Acts chapter 9, on the road to Damascus, something happened that forever changed his life and transformed everything about him. It changed the way he see things or the way he saw things. It changed the way he saw things in his life. And so I'm not going into all that today, but what I want you to understand is that we have the Apostle Paul is one of the strongest and greatest figures that we can look at of transformation in the word of God and how God changed his life and how that affected how he lived and what he did and the accomplishments of his life to where he was able to say at the end of his life, I finished my race. I've kept the faith. I've done what God has asked me to do. And we know that he wasn't a perfect man. This isn't about perfection. But I want you to understand that there's a transformation and we're gonna look at that and look at his life as we walk through understanding our assignment. But as we end up here, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one is, is that whether you believe it or not, you're being changed. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, then that you are being changed. And so what I want you to ask yourself this morning and want you to ask yourself this week is what change is taking place in my life? What's changing? Am I drawing further away from God? Or am I drawing closer to God? Am I drawing less faithful to the things of God and steady in that? Or am I drawing away from that? And I'm not asking this and saying ask this to beat yourself up, but you've got to be honest with yourself. What change is taking place in my life? Am I conforming to something or am I being transformed by God? And then the second one is, is what am I being changed into? Is my life looking, is, is, is the fruit of my life, is it looking more and more like Jesus? Or is my life looking more and more like this world? And again, I'm not saying it to beat you up, but you've got to take an honest assessment. You've got to look back at your life. The Bible says, Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. So what is the fruit of my life? You see, because if I look at the fruit of my life, it'll help tell me what kind of change is taking place. If my faith is growing weaker and weaker, right, then that's not transformation. That's being conformed because this world the faith in this world towards the things of God is growing weaker and weaker. You see, if my life is being patterned after this world and I'm becoming more and more, and what do I mean by that? It doesn't mean that I, I'm going out and just dressing like everybody else. I'm not talking about, but my thoughts. Are my thoughts more in line with this world or are my thoughts more in line with the word of God? The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what is my thought processes? What's the patterns of my mind? What am I believing? 
Today, where is my faith? What am I believing in? You're believing in something. And I realize I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here in church. Amen. So again, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying you need to ask yourself the questions. Because at the end of the day, I want to know, am I living a life that's being transformed into the image of Christ? Am I becoming more and more like Jesus? And my thoughts and my belief system and the way I perceive things, the way that I see people, the way that I see myself, the way that I see my heavenly father, am I becoming more and more like Jesus in that way? Or am I becoming more and more like this world? And when I began to look at that and I began to ask the Lord and say, Lord, show me in my life, reveal to me. Here's the good news. God loves you. And God's not up to, he's not here to beat you up. <laughs> he's not mad at you. He's not here to beat you up. He's not trying to put his finger on you and say, you just, you're a loser and you're not good enough. This is not about being good enough. It's about being positioned as a child of God to walk in the fullness of what Jesus Christ paid the price for when he died on the cross and he uh, was raised up on the third day. You see what I'm saying? This isn't performance-based in the sense that you're not going to get God to love you anymore. It's not a performance Christianity in, in as far as my relationship. But I can tell you that if I see things right and my relationship is right, then my assignment will be second nature to me. And it won't be so difficult. And I realize that for some, maybe you've had a difficult time figuring it out. What does God want from me? God, what do you want from me? What, what do you need me to do? What, it, what is it that's going to make my life important? You know, what is it is that's going to make my life mean something? And I just want you to know that your life already means something. Because if you're a child of God, you are loved and valued by him. You're a son or a daughter. Jesus set your value, not what you do. Jesus set your value when he died on the cross. And he said, I'm going to give my life for you because you're valuable to me. Because you do matter. You're not an accident. He loves you completely and deeply. Amen. But I want you to understand that when you grab hold of that, and you begin to see the way God sees things, then your assignment begins to flow more easily because you realize how many other people need to know that. And my assignment and your assignment is tied to those lives being able to hear the good news and them being able to know what I know. Do you see how that connects? You see how that flows together? I think sometimes we think that somebody else is going to do it. That somebody else is going to do that. Somebody else is going to get that done. 
somebody else is getting, no. I, I'm just here to tell you there is no other team. <laughs> You're it. But God knows that. And he knows what he put in you. You see what I'm saying? God believes in you. Amen. Amen.